You're listening to the Screening in Kingston podcast. For more on Screening in Kingston, more episodes, info about our movie clubs, and a lot more fun movie content, visit screeningandkingston.com. This is uh, an exciting week for screening and Kingston fans. We're doing something at the end of the episode we've never done. It's going to be interesting. It's going to be crazy. It's going to be a little weird. I love it. I can't wait. I'm so excited. Yeah, I'm really excited to get to the end of this episode. Let's get this episode over with so we can start picking (laughs) movies out of a hat. Um, But yeah, you know, just so everyone knows, we are going to do that today. We've been talking about it for a few weeks. This is the first uh, day where we're going to draw two movies out of a hat and we're going to have to watch them in the coming week try to connect them. Maybe they don't connect at all. Maybe they do. Try to figure out ways that they might connect. We'll review them next week, and you can stream along with us, find the movie. We don't know anything about the movie. We don't know where it's from. I mean, I, I have a set, like, I think I've read through every movie because I put them in the hat. Um, and as we just discussed, Taylor, you and I just discussed this, it is a, it is a physical hat. I have a hat here. And um, a true Kingstonian. It's a France toque. Yeah, Kingston Frontenac's toque is our official hat for this movie club. There are pieces of paper in it with all the different movies. So it's it's going to be really fun and interesting. I want to take a second just to thank everybody for their contributions. Um, I'm just going to read out everybody who, who sent in movies. So thank you to Stephanie, Austin, Kathy, Akil, Derek, Lily, Tyler, Katie, and Owen. Now, if I didn't read your name and you think you submitted something, please email us um, and send us because, you know, we can keep adding to this. I don't, you know, I'm fine Why not? With throwing in a couple names. We missed it. or So how but, many movies do you think are, is in there total? You know, I, I started counting when I was doing it because I decided to go real old school and I had lots of paper. So I just decided oh, I'll, you know, do the paper things and we'll pull up a piece of paper. I started counting, but then I gave up. Um, so there's definitely here. Let me let me look. Uh, this is where it would be nice to be visual so everyone could kind of see it. There's, I can there's hear it. Yeah, oh, you can hear it. Okay, <laughs> I can so. hear you scrounging around. Scrounging around in there. Yeah, there's, um, you know, I don't even want to have at, at least 100. Wow. If, if not more. Um, because, like, it's several piles and and it took a while uh, for me to get them all in there. Right. And actually, there was only one, like, repeat. Huh. Only one of all the movies that came in from like the eight or 10 people or how many I read, there's only one like repeat movie that had was on two people's lists. Can Other I know what that, it, can I know what it was? Yeah. Apollo 13, just because of your, <laughs> ah, <laughs> your feeling about it. Yeah. Torture. Uh, so Apollo 13 was on there more than once. And then but, actually, but you didn't put it in twice. Did you? No, no, no. It's in there. <laughs> Even though one fan suggested, you know, this would be a great time to fill the hat with Apollo 13 to force you to watch it. Just like um, all, all Apollo 13. Yeah, all Apollo 13s. It's just Apollo 13. Um, but yeah, it's interesting because in looking at the, the like list that came in, I was trying to think, okay, does it, did anyone like theme this in any way? And there's a lot of, movies I don't recognize. Like a lot of people did, you know, Stephanie and, and I know Tyler and Lily put in quite a few names where I'm like, I don't think I know this movie. 
So that's kind of cool that there's going to be things that maybe we haven't seen before. But a couple of our fans, and I won't name names, they know who they are, definitely gave a few suggestions based on things they know we don't like. Rude. Uh, there are some musicals in there. Oh, oh <laughs> well, at least I like musicals. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's some musicals in there. And there's some movies we've both brought up that we don't like that are also in the hat. So we'll why do our fans do hate us so much? <laughs> I think they just want to hear us talk about these things. Like we, we sometimes true. mention a movie and like a couple of times I came up, we're in passing. You or I have said, oh, I didn't like that. Or it's just come up. And I think they wanted us to talk about it more. Cool. Well, I can't wait. It's going to be um, hard to go about 50 minutes or so, you mm-hmm. know? Yeah, everyone, including us, and everyone has to wait till the end of the episode. I'm putting the hat over on the other side of my desk, out of sight, out of mind. Uh, we will return at the end of the episode to that hat. The good um, news is we have lots to talk about today. Yeah, we've got quite a few movies to go over. We both saw um, a couple movies. And, and this is also kind of thematically connects to to our sort of 2020 catch-up wrap-up. We both saw a couple movies that either came out near the end of the year or maybe we hadn't had time to see. And now we had had time to finally get to it. So um, we've got three movies that we're going to talk about today. I saw Wonder Woman 1984. I saw, uh, I, got, I keep getting the name wrong. It's The Midnight Sky. I keep wanting to call it The Moonlight Sky, <laughs> but it's not. It's The Midnight Sky. Um, George Clooney. George, George Clooney. George Clooney's yeah. movie that he directed. Uh, and uh, you saw Palm Springs on Amazon Prime. And you happened to see that a couple weeks ago. So. I happened. I just happened to also have watched that <laughs> a couple weeks ago. There was a, there was a good stretch in there, about a two-week period, where I think I watched about five movies. And we're talking about three of them today. So that's there good. I had go. Almost. As of last night, after I finished watching some playoff football, I was like, I can't sleep. I'm, I'm not I'm not feeling like sleep. I'm going to finally watch uh, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, which I've been meaning to watch. I mentioned that to you, Taylor, that I yeah. wanted to watch it. It's on Netflix. I studied the play in school. Um, Chadwick Boseman's last film. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, uh, I was locked out of Netflix. Oh, weird. And so I thought, well, I'm tired. I'm not going to deal with this today. So I just <laughs> went to bed and, and yeah, I got to get myself back onto Netflix. How'd that happen? Well, it's my, okay, it's my parents' Netflix. Uh, <laughs> they so booted they, you. They thought they, they booted Mike's me a off. freeloader. <laughs> so I'm going to, I'm going to look into that. T- now, no, this is the thing. It was a trade-off. I use their Netflix. They use my Crave. Fair. And it kind of, you know, it's a bit of a trade-off. And if anything. My crave is worth more because I got HBO movies on there. I got the whole extended crave package. Did they? My dad's done this. He's changed the password and not told me. Oh, that's a hundred percent what happened. Yeah, (laughs) that's exactly what it is. (laughs) So I'm gonna, I'm gonna get that. uh, I'm gonna get that password for my parents and and eventually watch that movie. But we are almost talking about four movies today, um, just to kind of distract us from the fun. At the end of the episode, you be being booted from Netflix reminds me kind of a, of a funny story. So a couple weeks ago, my sister texted me and said, hey, did I um, ever give you gift you a Netflix subscription? And I was like, <laughs> no, like I use dads. I thought you used dads, too. <laughs> it turns out my sister had been paying for an extra Netflix subscription for a full year. <laughs> oh man. Had no idea. Um and 
she called Netflix, I guess, to get it sorted out finally after a year. And they went, oh, well, we can't give you any of the details because the details you're giving us don't match the details that are on file. And she went, well, it's my credit card. (laughs) So uh, figure it out. She gifted it to someone. (laughs) No, it turns out like it like a stranger, like maybe someone got her credit card information. Oh, yeah. Because the name. That's what they chose to do with it. Yeah. And nothing (laughs) else. Nothing else was out of the ordinary. I went, Katie, oh my gosh, you waited a full year. She went, well, I didn't realize it was a full year. I didn't realize so much time had passed. Oh, okay. So anyways, everyone check your credit card bills because yeah. some mystery person might be uh, mooching a Netflix subscription off of you. What a thing to do. Like you, you get someone's credit card information and all you do is is pay the $15 a month for Netflix? I don't even think it was fit. I don't even think they were paying for like the extra – uh, devices. <laughs> I think it was like eleven. Weirder. It was like eleven dollars a month. She was being charged. Paying the base amount for Netflix didn't even go up to like the extra. Wow. And so she got an email. Um, uh, they eventually did cancel it. They they sent her an email, and it was like you know when like companies email you, they're like, "Dear Taylor," or they like address it to you. Well, they had addressed yes. it to like "Dear Samantha." So like whoever. <laughs> whoever had used her credit card um yeah they're in for a rude awakening i guess they're gonna get locked out just like you mike yeah they're gonna get locked out and they won't be able to watch the great content that's on there yeah the queen's gambit the queen's gambit yes exactly the queen's (laughs) gambit and and others which i started Um, last night oh good yes i'm almost done it it's good i've made my way through it. it is it is it's very very good um very impressed by it yeah very good Anyways, let's get to the movies, eh? Yeah, let's, let's do it. Well, yeah. we've got two fan questions. Okay. <laughs> let's do that first. We'll do the fan questions as per per usual. Just two this week. Uh, first comes from Josh the Inquisitor, as always. He has not failed yet to send in questions every week. Um, is there a TV series you wish would be continued or rebooted or a movie that could be made out of it? So, favorite TV shows from the past. So you're tricky, Mike. You sent this to me like half an hour before we started recording. So it wasn't really like I had. (laughs) It wasn't like I had a a ton of time to think about it. I check the screaming kicks of the email maybe once a week. (laughs) I'm like, I'm I'm pretty good at like when fans email in, like making sure we include their questions. But I I mean, we're busy people. I basically check it once a week. I got to send our files off to CFRC. Got to check our fan emails. I usually do that on Mondays. So yes, you didn't have a lot of time. I, I get it. Yeah, it's one hundred percent my fault. I mean, you don't have a lot of time for some of Josh's in-depth, far too personal questions. And you know, it's just karma because I forgot to tell you what movie I watched, so you couldn't include it in the <laughs> the advertising this week. Yeah, so you know, it all it all came out in the wash. Um, when I the first is there a TV series you wish you would you could be continued or rebooted? So, yeah. um. The first series that comes to mind is um, Sabrina, The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina the Teenage Witch. For fans of the show will know that Netflix has decided not to renew it after its sort of third, I guess, they weren't really calling them seasons. They were kind of like chapters. Um, The suspicion is that... um, they didn't renew it because it's actually a CW property 
an HBO just recently, or I don't know. Oh, like is is connected to CW. So HBO is getting its own streaming platform or it's kind of confusing because they already have their own streaming platform, but HBO max, I guess is the one not affiliated with crave anyways. So, um, a lot of CW content is going to end up on HBO max. So, what is going to happen is that eventually old episodes of Sabrina are going to go over to HBO max. So kind of like the Marvel situation, right? Like how all of the Marvel stuff ended up on Disney after the contracts ran out. So Mm. um, fans are speculating that Netflix didn't want to put any more money into a property that eventually is just going to end up on a different streaming platform. Um, And so uh, they essentially didn't renew it. At first, it didn't seem really out of the ordinary because Netflix has a um, Netflix has a, a history of canceling shows after the third season. After th- the third season, yeah. 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 Um, and it, I guess it has to do with the fact that after the third season, they're not going to get new subscriptions after the third season. I don't know. They have like – they've. Know. They have a theory behind it. But I think having read kind of the fan theories, I think it has more to do with the CW stuff because in my opinion, it was it was a really good show. Like, anyway, so long story short, if I could have the show continue to reboot it, it would be Chilling Adventures of Sabrina the Teenage Witch. The third season ended horribly. Like the really? series finale was garbage. And um it's a little bit surprising because the show creators knew that they were not going to be renewed. And so I guess they had filmed multiple endings. Well, the last episode is complete garbage. Like, and to be honest, there was a lot of things kind of by the second half of the season where they had introduced so many storylines and a lot of the storylines were literally abandoned. Like they introduced things and then never concluded them in the final I episode. I hate when that happens. Yeah. So I'm kind of like, I am one of those people that, you know, if the, it's better to end a show when it's in its prime instead of having like 10 seasons of it being garbage. But in this case, I feel like Netflix did Sabrina dirty and it definitely could have used another season like to wrap things up. But I know the cast is interested in, you know, maybe continuing the story or making a film. So I would certainly watch that. And hopefully they could rectify kind of the last episode. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Ooh, it was bad. So um, I'm sure there's other TV series that I would like rebooted. But again, at the same time, it's like, you know, sometimes you want to leave good things alone. So they're talking about rebooting Buffy, which is my favorite kind of all time Mm. favorite TV show. And it's like, well, I don't know. Do we really need a reboot of Buffy? Like sometimes let's not touch, you know, our favorite things. There are probably shows that ended too soon in my, in my taste. Like, oh, this is reminding me there, there was a Dracula TV show. There was a Dracula TV show? Yeah. I wanted to know if I can find the name of it. Dracula TV show. I've never even heard of a Dracula TV show. It came out in 2013. It was only one season. And a very, the main cast was pretty. So Jonathan Rhys Myers. Oh, yeah. He played Dracula. 
And the show was pretty crazy, but I loved it. Here, okay. I'm going to read you the... Okay. After being revived by a mysterious figure through the blood of a graveyard... Through the blood of a graveyard thief, Dracula arrives in London, posing as Alexander Grayson, an American entrepreneur who claims to bring modern science to Victorian society. In reality, he seeks revenge on the Order of the Dragon, a power-hungry organization who ruined his life centuries earlier. Abraham Van Helsing, who has freed Dracula from the prison the Order placed him in, is also out for revenge, and the two have formed an uneasy alliance. Their plans are complicated when Dracula becomes fascinated with Mia Murray, a a woman who seems to be the reincarnation of his dead wife. So... That premise it sounds insane. <laughs> it was insane, and there was like electricity. Like he he poses as like this is at the time in society where ele- el- electricity is becoming popular or whatever, and he's like a businessman who's like involved in electricity. Oh. <laughs> it's like was crazy, and it only it got canceled after one season. I would have watched <laughs> another season of that Dracula show. <laughs> Okay, wow. All right, so Dracula. I never even heard of that. Interesting. Hmm. Well, yeah, it only lasted a, a season, so. One season, yeah, yeah. Sometimes <laughs> you get that, right? Where something you really like, and a I don't hidden even gem. think it was that many episodes. Um, like they only was like 10. Yeah, it was 10 episodes. Mm-hmm. So there you go. That's my answer. There you go. Wow, okay. Yeah, I mean, that's that's a shame about the Sabrina one. I, I still haven't started watching it, and I wanted to. Um Maybe I'll, I'll hold off. Neck, yeah, well, maybe I'll wait, but you know, maybe I'll show Netflix. Hey, you can still get viewers after <laughs> the third season. Um, I think for me, the only answer I can really give is is the newsroom, which is a show that was on HBO the last about three seasons. Also, like one that didn't have a lot of episodes per season it was Jeff Daniels um, playing a Republican anchor of basically a, a, a news network. Um, and the reason why I mentioned that he, he was a Republican is they they did a lot of of the two parties versus each other and a lot of political things on the show. And what was interesting about it was it was someone who was sort of sick of the way things were going politically, especially within his own party. So he would sort of like go after Republicans and talk a lot about that. But of course, he, he's a registered Republican. So he kind of felt like he, he could go at that angle. I think that's a show that would be cool as a reboot or a movie to talk about and put into you know, some context all the different political things that have gone on, especially the last couple of years. I think that like that show is always going to be timely because politics and and those types of things in the news and also like media versus people. They cover that a lot, too. I'd love to see them continue that along i thought it was a little ahead of its time talking about a lot of things that are still kind of relevant now um so yeah that was a i, I think aaron sorkin wrote all the episodes of that sorry was um, it canceled prematurely or did it just kind of run no, its course it just kind of no it ran its course like it only it only went three seasons it was on hbo its third season was only six episodes and they like wrapped the show up oh, okay um so i think that that either it was their intention but like they had a lot of stars in it like dev patel was in it, Sam Waterston, um, a lot of people who like went on to do a lot of different things. Uh, Olivia Munn, um, the guy who is now in Stranger Things, can never remember his name. Um, so there's a lot of 
people who went on to do a lot of things. So also, I think financially, it probably just didn't make sense to continue on. But uh, I think it would be great as a miniseries reboot, as a movie, with all the shows being redone. I think that one could definitely be timely. Cool. Um, Okay, the last fan question for today comes from Sarah, who says, great recap of 2020. Oh, we missed the second question from... This is Sarah is the second question. Okay. Josh only had one. Okay, sorry. <laughs> I sent them to you just as the questions. I weeded Got it. everything else. Got but. it. My apologies. Sorry, Sarah, <laughs> no to cut sorry, Sarah to, to cut you off. <laughs> yeah, back to Sarah. Uh, great recap of 2020. It was a lot of fun to go back and try to remember what you both said about each film. Just a curiosity of mine, if you had to pick the best actor and best actress based upon all the movies you saw and reviewed in 2020. Who would you pick? So who would be your best actor and best actress from all the movies that you reviewed last year? So best actress for me is Amanda Seyfried from Mank. Oh, really? I had said that during the my review. I think she was Did phenomenal you? in Mank. Yeah. I know, I know you mentioned she was good. I just didn't. Yeah. Wow. Okay. And um, I guess Gary Oldman... He did a really good job, but all it also he played Mank and Mank. But mm. let me see the name of the guy who was in A Hidden Life. It's gonna be like Austrian, so I'm not gonna be able to pronounce it. <laughs> okay. Full disclaimer, people. Um. Okay. August. It's not as hard as I thought it would be. <laughs> August Dale. <laughs> Or Dial <laughs> as from yeah, that's not that bad. Yager yeah. Strater. <laughs> um, he, I would say him because he played like a very quiet, intense role. Um, he had like a quiet intensity about him, kind of an understated role, but like very naturalistic and beautiful. So, um, him or Gary Oldman and Mank. Gary Oldman, he obviously is able, to, he's such a great character actor that he really embodies whoever he's playing and it really does feel like a brand new character so it's hard i would give it to either of them for best male actor Hmm. Hmm. yeah and i mean i when i was thinking about this i kind of had i was torn on on for the female because portrait of lady on fire had two wonderful performances in it so i don't know how i could necessarily pick one and i think that sometimes happens when you like nominate the vote gets split between two people in the same movie. Uh-huh. So this was my first time being like, yeah, I guess I would kind of split it between them somehow. But then I thought of a movie that wasn't actually in my see it. Um, the invisible man, which like Elizabeth Moss. Yeah. Because you never, you don't often see people nominated for those types of films. Like horror movies don't often get actors nominated in those types of roles. And I think it's just really hard to convincingly be scared of nothing when uh-huh. nothing's there. And like the physicality and she the different acted she did. to nothing. Yeah, which I think is really hard. And and she did a really, really good job. So I actually think I'd probably like maybe slightly give it to her just because even though the movie was a stream it for me, I thought her performance was really, really good. Um and then for for male, like, I don't know, I, I any of the actors in the five bloods they were all great um may, maybe maybe uh, uh in uncle frank there um oh 
is his name? <laughs> I should have looked it up before doing this episode. But Uncle Frank, the guy who played Uncle Frank, or someone in the Five Bloods, I would definitely say deserves some recognition. Um, all, I mean, all of them were good, and there was, but there was a couple. I'm trying to remember who. There was a couple who had a little bit more to do, um, and I'm and that's maybe where you might get into some of the some of the nominations. Um, but again, it's like there there would be a, there would be those to choose from. Um, basically, uh, Jonathan Majors, who I, I he played David, um, and a couple other. Anyway, I would have to go through. I have to look at the list and go through. But but probably someone from The Five Bloods, um, probably the guy who played Uncle Frank. Those would be where I would be looking towards. And certainly the, the male performances. I thought those movies had had quite a few, um, quite a few in there. Glad you mentioned Elizabeth Moss. She's in another movie that came out this year that I will probably watch soon. Um, Maybe not as soon as I'd like because we're starting the next movie club. But she was in Shirley, which is available on Amazon Prime. And it's a biographical drama, but it's the story is largely fiction um, or like it's very... I don't know, Ex- not experimental, but I don't think like I don't think the things that actually happened in the movie necessarily happened in real life. But um, Elizabeth Moss plays the author Shirley Jackson, who I'm a big fan of. She um, wrote the lottery. Most people had to read the lottery in high school, el- elementary school. Anyways, I just wanted to put in that plug if people are looking for another newish movie to watch on a streaming platform. Surely it came out in 2020 and it's available on Amazon Prime. Also featuring Elizabeth Moss. So if Elizabeth Moss can't get best actress for The Invisible Man, maybe her performance in Shirley. <laughs> maybe. Well, yeah, uh, I mean that's it sounds like it's probably more of a movie they would look at to to nominate. <laughs> oh, Mar- Martin Scorsese served as executive director. So there well, you go. There you go. There that, you go. That screams a nomination in there, uh, especially because I think this year the Oscars are going to be they're going to be looking for things to to nominate. So, I honestly don't yeah, even know what they're gonna what they're going to nominate. Like I couldn't even hazard a guess. Something. <laughs> something. <laughs> they're going to nominate something because I mean they're they're said they're going to do the Oscars and and it's not like I mean movies did come out. It's just it might be harder. It's just to, no one saw them. Yeah, no one saw them. Like, it might be harder for us to, like, track them all down and, and see them, yeah. But there you go. That's fan questions for this week. Thank you to everybody um, for tuning in and giving us some great questions each week. We love your questions. Um, so, Lalan, let's let's review some movies. Um, cool. We saw a couple movies. Uh, let's start with uh, The Midnight Sky um, so I can stop practicing saying Midnight instead of Moonlight. Kind of got mixed re- reviews, eh? Yeah, I mean, that's the thing about this movie is it is kind of a mixed bag almost in terms of what it offers you. So it's like, uh, as we said, it's George Clooney. He directed this. He He's one of the stars in it. And it's kind of a post-apocalyptic film. Did he also write it? I think he was one of the writers. I'll, I'll look that up as we talk, but I'm pretty sure he was. Um, and it's interesting because... You know the the there actually was a lot of 
quiet, slow-moving moments in this movie. Um, he, you know, he, George Clooney spends a good chunk of it alone, and it basically ends up being, you know, there's there's something has happened on the earth. He he is recluse um, in in kind of a northern part of the world somewhere that we don't know at some sort of a research science station, and he's trying to communicate and get a message to a spaceship that is on kind of coming back from one of Jupiter's moons. So this is at a time where, you know, space travel has gone well to the edges of our solar system. And he's trying to communicate for various reasons with this spaceship that's kind of on its way back and has no idea that anything has happened. Is he trying to warn them? Does he know that the the calamity has happened? Oh, yeah, because he, he's on Earth. So, right, so he's in the middle of it. And he knows everything has happened. We don't really know what's happened, but he knows and the crew has no idea. Got it. Because they're on a three-month mission. And this only happened, like, within the past month. Like, it's still relatively new. Um, so it ends up being basically, a, a, you know, he's, he's got to get from point A to point B and communicate to get a commute to, to, like, a communication station to communicate to this ship. So half the scenes of the movie are following George Clooney and his journey from one location to another. And then the other is the spaceship finishing up its mission on its way back and realizing that something's up because they're trying to communicate to earth and they're not, uh, they're not getting any response. Um, And, and I I get the mixed reviews because it is kind of sci-fi and, and, and kind of post-apocalyptic, but it's also just more of a slow character study more so than anything else. You spend most of your time learning about George Clooney and kind of seeing his progression, his downward spiral. Um, and you learn a little bit about the crew and what their mission is and what's happening. But it's it's very slow. It's a very slow moving. Everything, you know, takes a minute. Lots of lingering for cinematography reasons. Lots of looking at the things. Lots of, you know, a 15 minute sequence of him kind of walking around his little observatory <laughs> and seeing how he lives his life. How, how does he eat his cereal? And Is how does he George to- Clooney a good enough actor to carry those quiet scenes? I'm, I'm, I, just, I'm just asking I, your opinion. I don't think so. Okay, there we go. <laughs> I, I think you know, again, I think that Brad Pitt is a good enough actor Got to it. carry these types of scenes. I don't think George Clooney is quite the same. I think that he's, he's okay. This he's movie handsome. has interest, you know, yeah, and, and he, he's got great stage presence and he, he knows what he's doing when he's on screen. Like he obviously is, I think he's a pretty good director. Um, and that's the thing. That's why it, even my feelings on this are mixed because some of the cinematography is fantastic. Some of the moments are fantastic. So even some of the dialogue moments and some of the, the realizations and twists and turns the story takes is really good. Um, but you got to be ready to commit to a long journey, basically, from, from the beginning to, to the end uh, of the film. And a lot of still shots, a lot of focusing on things, a lot of slow walking. You know, instead of taking one minute to, to open a door and go in, into a room, it takes about five in this movie um almost more real timey and and just kind of slow and and that can be a good thing and a bad thing because things do marinate in this film 
but I could see it losing a lot of attention for people. Like I could really see people being like, this is boring. How long is it? Not going it's, it's actually, I think it was just over an hour and a half. Like it didn't, it didn't feel particularly long. Um, okay, so according according to IMDb, it's just under two hours, so it's a little longer than I said. But it it didn't feel long to me because I was pretty interested. I, I liked the space aspect. I liked learning about how technology kind of advanced in this. I liked learning about the mission, and I kind of enjoyed that aspect of it. So even though the movie's kind of mixed for me, and I think if this could have been done better, I think with a a more dynamic, like really really good actor you you would see you could see a ward pedigree out of something like this because you're just you're sitting on their face and you're seeing their torturedness you're seeing their emotions and you're seeing them trying to where George Clooney kind of just has the same expression on his face the whole time you know who and, i could who i would watch in a space movie like that and i don't really like yeah. space but i just knowing kind of what the plot is like let me guy pierce is guy pierce yeah. canceled are we allowed to want to see Guy Pierce and things? Yeah, I haven't heard I a know, lot. Did he do something? I don't know. Yeah. I always, I always. I mean, <laughs> when you in some stuff, when you haven't heard of an actor in a while, <laughs> because we you live, assume the worst. Yeah, <laughs> we live in this culture now where like we can't want like if someone's done something bad, we can't want them in movies. But I haven't heard anything bad about him. <laughs> maybe he's just taking a break. And he's he's great. Guy Pierce is a fantastic actor. Everything I think I've seen him in. Interesting enough to carry like yeah, I buy that he's a scientist in like the Arctic trying to communicate to a spaceship. Whereas George oh, Clooney, I don't I yeah. don't buy it. You you know you know why you haven't heard from him? According to again, according to IMDB, for the past six years he's been in a TV show um, oh. called Jack Irish don't know what it is and right now he's got seven things listed in pre-production or post-production so he's clearly doing stuff yeah he's um, been but busy. i guess he's he's been busy <laughs> and he's been doing this tv show so so i think guy pierce is all right i think Did he's you, fine so i'm looking at his wikipedia there's jack irish bad debts jack irish black tide jack irish dead point movies so clearly jack irish is some sort of Whoever Jack Irish is, we're missing a whole universe of stuff. Yeah, apparently. <laughs> because I've never heard of that until now. <laughs> Jack Irish fans have a lot to enjoy, but everyone else is kind of. <laughs> yeah. Jack Irish fans will be mad at us. Yeah. You know, they'll write in, in in a group and say, how could you say Guy Pierce is doing nothing? He's Jack Irish. Jack Irish, a criminal lawyer turned debt collector and troubleshooter. That sounds great, actually. That sounds <laughs> like a pretty good... Yeah, with Guy Pierce, I'd watch that. Yeah, there you oh, go. There you go. About five years worth of TV to catch up on. Um, but anyway, but point being, yes, I agree with you. I think with a Guy Pierce type, with a Brad Pitt, with someone like that, I think this movie does, would elevate quite a bit. Again, I don't think George Clooney is a bad actor. I just don't think he's the right fit for this type of role. But with that being said, I think there's enough in this movie to entertain me. There's enough to kind of keep me keep me interested. So by the end of it, I was like, Oh, okay. That was kind of cool. Like I, I enjoyed that, but I, I wouldn't give it anything past to stream it because I know there's a lot of people out there who I think would be bored by this movie. Fair. So I could see why the mixed reviews come in. So that's why, yeah, I'm, I'm going to give the midnight sky a stream it. Um, but Hey, if you like, if you, what I'm saying, if it sounds interesting to you, post apocalyptic sci-fi, um, 
stuff. There, there's a lot of cool things. Slow that, it is slow. It is slow. It is slow. It, there's not a lot of action. This is not an action post-apocalyptic, but you know, there's there's still a lot of cool things in there. So there you go. That's my review of the Midnight Sky. Stream it. Cool. Okay, on, Nef- on Netflix. <laughs> on Netflix. Yes, you get on Netflix. And George Clooney did not write it. He was not one of the writers Fair. listed. So he just directed it and he stars in it. Just. <laughs> just. Just. He only directed the film and was the lead in The Bitter Cold. <laughs> and it wasn't good enough, George. <laughs> stay stay behind or stay in front of the camera. Get your friend Brad to do it. Like, what was Brad Pitt doing? Oh, I know he's left Hollywood or whatever, but like, whatever. Get, get, pull in a favor. <laughs> they want to do it all. Yeah. Um, anyway, let's let's move on. Palm Springs, Taylor. What did, what did you think of Palm Springs? So Palm Springs is a fun little movie starring Andy Samberg. And do you know the name of the female lead? Uh, um, oh, I, she was in How I Met Your Mother. Um, I, but I just I it's on the tip of my tongue. It's it's Kristen something. Kristen Milotti. 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 Uh, yes. Milotti. Isn't that? I don't. Okay, I think I think it's Kirsten. Yeah, she definitely has one of those faces where like you recognize it, but also not really. I don't know. She's kind of nondescript. Yeah, but she's been in stuff. Yeah, she. You would recognize her if you saw her. Yeah. So it's um it's billed as a sci-fi romantic comedy, um, and it is a rom com, but it's kind of darker than I was anticipating it to be. I have seen a lot of ads. Mike, we were talking about this before we started recording. Mm-hmm. I've been seeing a lot of ads for it and thought, oh, I'll finally watch it. So I I was a um I fell victim to the classic advertising ploy. If you show enough commercials, you'll eventually watch it. So I did. Um the premise without giving anything away, because you know you find out essentially right away, the two leads are in a time loop. So I thought it was going to be kind of like a Groundhog Day situation. Um, and so I thought it was going to be a little bit more lighthearted. Although, to be honest, Groundhog Day isn't actually all that lighthearted if you think about it. So it was a little really. bit... Yeah, <laughs> I guess <laughs> being in a time loop is kind of depressing no matter... It's kind, of, it's kind of the worst thing you could ever yeah. think of. Like even Groundhog Day, like if you really... Th- the movie's kind of more lighthearted, but like if you think about the concept, that's yeah. the worst. <laughs> it's pretty depressing. And so Andy Samberg has been in the time loop longer than um, Christina. Her character's name is Sarah, I think. No, Talia. I don't remember. The sister is Tala. So her name is Sarah. So um, <laughs> so he's been in he's been in the time loop longer than her and is like much more jaded and like he's like essentially like worst case scenario. Like he's just like resigned to being in a time loop now. Um, he's what you would actually think. Like unlike Bill Murray who like enjoyed it a lot at the beginning he he kind of is what you would think you would be feeling yeah like that's what Andy Samberg's going through and you don't really know like how long it's implied that he's been in it for like years yeah they heavily implied that he's been in it for like yeah for at least a couple of years well to the point where she asked him what his job was and he can't remember can't remember so like you got to be in there a while if you (laughs) Oh no. So the 
it's set up in the sense that it is a romantic comedy. You throw these two people into kind of an oddball situation and they, um, you know, they either like each other or they don't like each other. Um, I thought with with it being a relatively simple, straightforward concept, I did think it was it was pretty cute. I did enjoy it. I th- it had me laughing at certain points. It's not very long. It's I think exactly an hour and a half with credits. Um, yeah. So just the right length for kind of a low commitment movie. It the act the cast was great. I thought it um it was really good. Uh, um, what is his name? Um, are you uh, thinking of um, Simmons? J- J.K. Simmons? J.K. Simmons? Isn't that his name? Yes. Yes. Is that his name? <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah, he's he's one of those guys it. that like, again, he's a character actor, I guess. You, oh, yeah. He's in everything, but yeah, I never I knew his name. <laughs> yeah. J.K. Simmons. Oh, so yeah. He's, yeah, like- he's great. He <laughs> yeah. was great in the movie. Um, Andy Samberg. I really like Andy Samberg. I can see him kind of getting on some people's nerves his like type of comedy like yeah like in brooklyn has, 99 oh, has, yeah like brooklyn 99 exactly that's exactly what i yeah. was gonna say yeah like i can see that grading on some people i yeah. i enjoy him i think he's sweet he's fun to watch kind of in the same way that i feel about um that stand-up comedian um mulrooney what's his first name is mulrooney there's a stand mulrooney not, maybe not mulrooney he just recently um Hold on. Oh, uh, oh! I think John Mulaney. Mulaney, there we go. It's a Monday, and I'm yeah, having right. I'm having a hard time remembering people's names today. But anyways, yeah. they, um, I get the same kind of feeling when I watch their comedy. You know what I mean? Like they're just yeah. nice to enjoy. They seem safe. <laughs> yeah, they're like yeah, definitely. But but you kind of I can see what you're saying though, because Andy Samberg at times reminds me a little bit of um uh, uh oh my god that monday i'm forgetting it uh, uh what's his adam sandler yeah yeah where, where where sometimes adam sandler can get really annoying goofy but sometimes but yeah and too goofy but sometimes and for the most part he kind of has that he, he plays kind of that sweet natured nice character and that comes across like in in kind of like just a yeah just like a safe way yeah um but I could see that. Like, I happen to think Andy Samberg's less annoying, but I do get what you're saying. Like, I could see why it would weigh on people a little bit. So I think he was great in this movie. Um, the female lead, I'm not, I wasn't a fan of How I Met Your Mother. I've only seen a couple. Well, I've seen, like, you and you're at home and it's on TV and you kind of just sure. check in because there isn't anything else on. But I never yeah. watched the episodes where she was on it. Yeah, um, just the last season. I thought she was okay in the movie, but nothing really to write home about. Like, I felt like you probably could have picked anyone. You know what I mean? Like, she was kind of interchangeable. Um, But overall, I would say it was really enjoyable. It was super cute. Um, Like I said, a little bit darker than I was anticipating because it is Andy Samberg. Um, It's, you see kind of a different side of Andy Samberg. He's still kind of that goofy, sweet, mm-hmm. um, but there isn't the optimism that a lot of his characters have. Um, no, <laughs> it's completely gone. It's completely out of him by that point. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so overall, to me, this would be a stream it, borderline see it, but mostly mm-hmm. a stream it just because it is, um, it's not a movie you need to rush out to see. I think 
when you do watch it, you'll enjoy it. But it isn't a movie that, you know, you should rush out. It'll be there. It's on Amazon Prime. Well, yeah. And I like what you said earlier where you said it was like a, it's a nice laid back choice. Yeah. Like th- this is a great movie to throw on when you when you don't know what to watch. And there's like you've gone through things and you just don't feel like in the mood for anything. It's it like it's it's good enough to throw on and be like, oh, you know, you're going to laugh. You're going to, you know, have a pretty good time with it. Yes, it gets kind of dark. And some of the humor for me just didn't hit with it. But still, some of it worked. Some of the humor I didn't like and some of it kind of hit enough. And there was enough in there that I was intrigued. How are they going to get out of this? How does this work? What's going to happen? Like there was enough intriguing moments that kind of kept it going. So I really like how you said it's a nice laid back choice. I think that's like the best way to describe this movie. It could just pop it on one night. Yeah, like an hour and a half. Like you're yeah, right. Like not, yeah. you you spent too long looking for things on streaming. The night's almost yeah. done. Oh, it's an hour and a half. That's okay. Yeah. yeah <laughs> suddenly, yeah. And that's happened. That's happened to me even recently where I was just like, I have spent an hour looking for something to watch and and then like nights getting completely eaten up this is the perfect movie to throw on because yeah as you mentioned it's a tight 90 minute movie like it's not overblown there's nothing in there that that's not kind of like part of what they're trying to do um so it kind of it kind of works in there and it is it is interesting to see to see that concept of one person is in a loop and then another one joins them and to see kind of the differences there i thought that was kind of cool so what would you would you be a stream it too oh yeah, I would be. Yeah, I would be a stream it too. Again, probably not for everybody because I could understand like this type of comedy doesn't hit for everybody. But I still think there's enough in there that it's a nice, solid streaming choice. So yeah, I would give it a stream it too. Cool. Okay, uh, Wonder Woman 1984. I'm surprised. Surprised you made it to the end of the episode to to rip into this one. Yeah, <laughs> I decided to keep it to the end. Um, yeah, I, you know, I have a lot, I have a lot to say about it in in the larger context of the movie, but I don't have much to say about the film itself. So here's just what I'll say. This is the kind of the quick review of it. It's not good. Um, it, again, kind of took out everything that was good and jo- enjoyable about the first movie. It didn't include it in the second one. Um, it felt rushed even though i know it wasn't they had a lot of time to put this movie together even extra time um with the pandemic and everything so there's no real excuse for that um and it just it it was not it was not very good um (laughs) and you know you're not alone like no i know i know i'm not alone (laughs) so this is what i'm confused and maybe you can help me understand because as our listeners know i'm not really into superhero movies this movie's been on my radar in the sense that all superheroes have to be on your radar because it's all people really talk about on social media so like i knew it was coming out like i knew to expect it um twitter i would say almost across the board has panned it um kind of the people i follow on twitter and the discourse i've seen is that it is a bad movie they agree with you mike it's a bad movie Yet, the studio is rushing the next one. They've green light. They've given the next installment the green light. So, what's your take on that? Um, I, have you I read? Don't know. Have I, you read those headlines? Like it has been. I have. I have. Yes, in that I can confirm. I've read the same things. Um, I don't know 
why they would necessarily do that unless for some reason they think they have a better story that they can tell. Um, or again, I don't know. I don't know how it did. Um, maybe this sort of half streaming, half movie theater thing did do enough and HBO Max and stuff and like people people renting it and, and getting it on demand. Like I got it on demand. You can get it off of Amazon now. Like maybe they have literally just made enough money to go, you know what? We're going to do it again. Who cares? <laughs> um, yeah, who cares? We're just going to do it again. People are clearly going to buy it. I think that this is going to it's going to be tough. Um, so the director is, is Patty Jenkins, uh, who also directed the first one. Yeah. And she directed Hurt Locker and like quite a quite a few other movies. Um, uh, her direction, I don't think is necessarily to, to blame here. Um, but I do think that she, for some reason, also co-wrote this movie. And, and for some reason, for some reason. <laughs> and uh, this is maybe one of the worst scripts ever for a superhero movie. Like, I, I mean, ever. Um, like, I would compare Wonder Woman. Worse than the Fantastic Four movie that everyone makes fun of. Yes. Yes, you know, Fantastic Four movie has a better script. Fantastic Four movie that's all chopped up and clearly, you know, the studio fired the director and had bricks and someone else. Yeah, it's it that has a tighter script than this one. I, I compare Wonder Woman 1984 a lot to Spider-Man 3, where in Spider-Man 3, there are some elements within there that you're like, that's kind of cool, but it's just a hot mess. And, and that's where I thought with Wonder Woman 1984. There are concepts in here. That would have been interesting to explore. There are moments in here that are like pretty good. There's one particular moment that I thought was done very well. Uh, a nice little moment between Chris Pine's character who returns and and Gal Gadot's Wonder Woman and the kind of like the, the relationship that the two of them have. I thought there was one nice little moment between them. And that was kind of like, oh, that's nice. But the rest of the movie around it is just such a they threw things in for no reason. It's such a mess. And it feels like they didn't 100% know what to do. Like Kristen Wiig plays um, Wonder Woman's kind of big nemesis from the the comic books, at least. Um, And they introduce this character. And she seems at the beginning of the movie like she's going to have a real big role to play. And uh, she doesn't. And disappears for a long part of the movie. And then appears at the end to have like a big fight with Wonder Woman for no reason. And is she funny in the movie? Um, no, she's like, her character's not really supposed to be, her character's like a little awkward, um, but kind of wants to be everything that Wonder Woman is. There's kind of like a jealousy there. You know what, you know what it's kind of like, actually? It's very similar to the kind of transformation that, um, that Michelle Pfeiffer goes through in the, in the Batman movie. Yeah, but Michelle Um, Pfeiffer is not a comedic actress, so it makes sense. Yeah, it makes kind of sense. Like, (laughs) Kristen Wiig plays kind of an awkward character. Who's who wants to be better and basically is it, it wants to kind of be ev- Wonder Woman is everything she's not and she wants to be that she wants to be confident and she wants to kind of have everything that Wonder Wonder Woman has but kind of plays this awkward nerdy character and then kind of a transformation happens. I don't think Kristen Wiig was like horrible, but they didn't give her anything to do and they didn't do anything with it and it and it felt shoehorned in. So they had two villains and they really dedicated a lot of time to to. Maxwell Lord, I guess, Pedro Pascal, who's the Mandalorian and been in a bunch of other things. Um, he he plays, basically he plays a young, a young Donald Trump from the 80s. Um, and I get what they're kind of trying to do with him. And But it just, it didn't work because 
in Pedro Pascal's mind, he's playing an over-the-top comic book villain. Gal Gadot is just kind of being herself. Kristen Wiig's kind of being awkward, funny, but really real and like really, really grounded. And then Chris Pine comes in and just like acts, you know, like an actor. <laughs> yeah, well, kind of, but like in an actor way, you know what I mean? Because like Pedro Pascal's hamming it up over there, but like, but like Chris Pine like literally chews the scenery. It's he thought like, he was going to get his Oscar, maybe. Yeah, he like it's like he stepped <laughs> off a, a stage and it's just like I'm really good. Like he just, like these four things don't connect. They so don't make sense. I am dying to know: Is Gal Gadot a good actress? I haven't well, seen her in anything, so I cannot the first weigh Wonder in. Woman movie, the first Wonder Woman movie is good, and she's good in it, and and the dialogue is better, and the atmosphere is better. Like Wonder Woman 1984, in look, in feel, seems like a mix between sort of like um, an old 80s Superman movie, which was kind of the best parts of it, like very, very hammy, but then also looks so bright and colorful, like, right. like literally came off the comic book page. Whereas Wonder Woman 1980, the first Wonder Woman movie, is a war film that happens to have Wonder Woman in it. Even the palette of it, it's like 1917 or Saving Private Ryan, but Wonder Woman's there. So they're completely different in every way. So Gal Gadot works in the first Wonder Woman movie, and she works as Wonder Woman, and she's good in that movie. In this movie, she's not. And it's not her fault, I don't think. Like I think it's I think it's the terrible script. It's the very nonsensical crazy crazy plot that has a lot of holes in it and normally you can forgive some holes especially when it comes to a comic book movie like you kind of have to but in this movie they're like blatant doesn't make any sense as to what's going on so i don't know if you can really judge her based upon like this she probably could have done better yeah if the script was better because that's one thing i've seen a lot on twitter is that she was really bad in it but then people are like that's assuming that she's actually a good actress so that's a lot of the discourse i've been seeing about the movie but like i have no frame of reference for her so i don't know if people are being unfair i think i think that is unfair because i think i think as wonder woman she's already proved she can do it so you can do that again but you have to have the right tools right maybe she's not the actor who can elevate something like we were talking about, like when you throw in some actors, they elevate certain projects. She's probably not that. But that doesn't mean she can't be good. And right. she can't be Wonder Woman. And I think she can be Wonder Woman. It's just not in not in this movie. Not in something that's just so bad. And there's just nothing. There's so little to say about this movie other than the fact that it was bad. Because there's just kind of... There's very little to grasp on to that makes me go, oh, this is this is worth a watch. But the things that do are kind of the things that connect. It's like it's nice to have another movie with Wonder Woman and kind of continue the story. I do like what they did with bringing Chris Pine's character back and then like having him leave and kind of how that worked. Like I I did like that. So that that one aspect of the movie I enjoyed, but it wasn't enough for me, which is why like I'm I'm giving the I'm giving it an airplane it. Because if you're going to watch this movie, if you're like me and you want to see the second of a movie because you like to, the continuation of a story, then just save it to watch on an airplane. Because you'll watch it and you'll go, wow, that was really weird. But it'll sure keep your mind off the fact that you're flying. <laughs> pass some time. It will pass time. So I'm giving it an airplane. It it could very well be a skip it. Um, but I, I am going to I'm going to give it that that slight bump to airplane. It, it's just... I don't think there's enough in here to say that, that Gal Gadot is good or bad. I just think that 
for a movie that could have been so much better and does have a lot of like the first Wonder Woman movie was praised and as that a got great should. reviews and and it was taking like it was the first a lot of things it was a it was a female led superhero movie a female director like it was it had a lot of great things and the second one could have been better but it's it's like they just I don't know didn't care or gave up or it felt very 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 lazy to me um and so yeah I just I don't think in the larger scheme of what these movies could be they did even close to justice so Wonder Woman 1984 giving it an airplane it could very well be a skip it though but uh hey some people might like this on an airplane there you go all right shall we do this finally <laughs> drum roll drum roll here we go so hopefully you guys can hear so i'm going to draw one movie and then i'll draw a second movie and these are the two that we're all watching this week here we go movie number one <clears throat> your name from 2016 literally never heard of it i do believe that's a tyler vance pick um we will double check that next week we'll reveal who um who picked who did who picked it and what description they gave with it because i won't have time to look Ooh, it looks like it. anime okay and an anime film your name from 2016 so that's the first and the second film that we got to try to connect somehow is hand stuck in the bag lone star <laughs> also never heard of it lone star what year I that either. i there's no year in this one so <laughs> there must not have been a year we'll have to look up Lone Star. We'll do that right 1996, now. 1996, so maybe? Lone Star, 1996. Chris Cooper. A mystery drama. Okay, there we go. Let's assume that that's it. So we got Your Name from 2016 and Lone Star from 1996. That's the Chris Cooper is in it. That is a drama mystery. Ooh, Matthew like McConaughey. A, oh, looks like it's going to be a kind of western A Taylor movie. Feel. This looks like a yeah, Taylor cool. movie. Okay, so we got a Taylor movie and a Tyler Vance movie. Those will connect. Interesting. So, yeah, we, for all of you who wants to join in with us, and Taylor and I are going to do this, we're going to locate your name and Lone Star, and we're going to watch it this week, review it next week. So be sure to write in any comments or thoughts you have about these two films. Ooh. And remember, the idea is how do we connect them? Do they connect? Mike, there there's a also there's a Lone Star from 1952. How do we know which one to watch? Well, that's a great question. I guess I'll have to go back and find out who wrote this in uh, and try to discover um, if they said, hold on, hold on. I've got it right here. I just go. Yes, it is the Chris Cooper, Matthew okay, McConaughey. Okay. One. <laughs> found, it from, found it from somebody. That was That's a Kathy suggestion. So Kathy and, and Tyler, Whew. you're up first. I was nervous. I was nervous we were going to watch we, the we wrong the right one. Movie. Lone Star 1996, Your Name 2016. Those are our films for next week. Thank you, everybody, so much for listening. Um, next week, we'll review these films, and then we'll pick two more. Go stream some movies. Thank you for listening to the Screening in Kingston podcast. Recorded at CFRC at Queen's University in Kingston, Ontario. Queen's University sits on the traditional lands of the Haudenosaunee and Anishabi peoples. We would like to thank the Faculty of Engineering and Applied Sciences and the CFRC Podcast Network.